You are listening to the Ultimate Intimacy Podcast, where we discuss how to find ultimate intimacy in your relationship. We believe that no matter how many years you've been married, you can achieve passion, romance, happiness, and ultimate intimacy at any stage of your life. Join us as we talk to not only marriage experts, but couples just like yourself and people who are just flat out fun. The Ultimate Intimacy Podcast is for couples who have a good relationship but want to make it even better. Hello and welcome to episode 11 of the Ultimate Intimacy Podcast. And we are your hosts, Nick and Amy. And we are pleased to have Amanda Lauder with us today to discuss how self-love can impact emotional and physical intimacy. And Amanda is a total expert on this. Uh, We probably couldn't have anyone better. Amy and I listen to her podcast a lot and she talks a lot about this and just is phenomenal. And so Amanda, thank you so much. We're so glad to have you. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be here with you guys. So tell us a little bit about yourself or the audience a little bit about yourself and Yeah, so I am a certified life coach, and I specialize in helping conservative Christian women love themselves and really embrace their sexuality and love their sex life for them. And I think that when they can do it in this way, then it really enhances not only their self-concept, but their relationship with their spouse and their relationship with God. So that's really the focus of what I do in my work. Um, Outside of that, I have been married to my husband, Kevin, for almost nine years. Years. We have, it's a second marriage for both of us. So we have a blended family of five children that range in age from 12 to 21. We live in Salt Lake City and we just have an amazing marriage and a great sex life. And I love to help other people have that as well. That was awesome. Um, we're yeah. just going to jump right in and get talking about confidence and self-love and how it affects so many different aspects. And we were just talking before we started that um, we took a poll with some of our followers and you know asked, had them ask some questions. But we found that we, I think we typically think that body image and self-confidence is more geared towards women a lot of the time. But I, after running the poll and stuff and talking to a lot of people, I think it goes both ways. I think there's a lot of men and women that have body image or confidence problems and it affects relationships in so many different ways. So let's just um, get started and can't wait to talk about this. Sounds great, Amy. So um, let's talk about uh, what is the difference between confidence and self-confidence? Yeah. So confidence comes from the things that we do. So we can be like, I'm pretty confident in pouring a glass of water because I've done it a million times, right? I'm not usually going to spill. So I'm pretty confident about that. But self-confidence comes from the way that we think about ourselves and what we really put into it from the way that our thoughts and our beliefs and our feelings and being able to show up as our best self with intention. So yes, we can be confident in a lot of things, but also not have a lot of self-confidence. I mean, I'm sure you've heard of plenty of people who are so good at things that they do and they can go out there and perform and do amazing, but yet they still don't love themselves. They still don't think very highly of themselves. That's because it's really two separate things. There's also people who really love themselves, but don't have a lot of confidence in actually doing things. But I think they kind of go hand in hand, but it really is two separate things. I agree. 
So let's talk about how that can affect our marriages. Yeah. So, so go, go ahead. ahead. No, you go ahead. <laughs> well, it's really, you know, self-confidence is such an important part of who we are individually. And a lot of times our self-confidence and our self-identity comes from being married to someone and they are reinforcing what we want to see in ourselves. So that really happens. It starts out when we're very young. Okay, so I th think about a baby. Okay, what they are learning about themselves from the people around them. So, you know, we like little kids have tons of self-confidence yeah. because everybody That's around true. them is saying how amazing they're like, like all their squishy rolls and everything are so cute and everything they do is amazing. And so we learn about who we are by watching how other people treat us. But as we mature, it's really important that we start to look inward. And are we really validating ourselves? Are we tapping into our own integrity of who we are and who we want to be rather than expecting other people and especially our spouse to validate us and reassure us of who we are. So as soon as we can do that, that's when our relationships actually get so much better is when we're not expecting that from our spouse and really tapping into who we are as a person and just both of us showing up as our best selves. I love that. I was just thinking like, I'm looking at my daughter, her age is like teenage years and she was like so confident. Now she's kind of going through this little struggle. Like, yeah, I'm trying to think like what age it is that you really are like, this is who I am and I'm going to love it. But I think it, it goes into your twenties. You're still trying to figure out who you are and I've heard like 40s are supposed to be the best because you know who you are <laughs> and you love yourself by then. But I think a lot of women and like especially with all the media influence and everything, I don't think that there is a ton of women that truly love themselves. And how sad is that? Because I do know that yeah. that's affecting their marriages big time and, Absolutely. Vice, and vice versa, too. Well, Absolutely. I think, I think, too, when that when that starts to happen, it affects both people greatly. You know, if, if one spouse isn't feeling good about themselves, then the other spouse you know, that kind of puts the pressure on the other spouse, like, what am I doing wrong? Or, you know, why is my wife not feeling, you know, mm -hmm. confident about herself? And then, then it goes that direction and it can really drive a wedge in between the couple. Um, for sure. Well, when you're constantly looking for validation of who you are from your spouse, it's actually not very attractive. Like at first, when you're first dating, you're sh both showing up as your best mm -hmm. selves, right? You don't want to show them all the parts of you mm -hmm. that maybe aren't so great. Yeah. And so this reflected sense of self that you're getting is all amazing. Like they're reinforcing all of the things that you are great mm -hmm. about, that's great about you. But once you get further into the relationship, you know, married, life happens, you know, we run into challenges, kids, all that kind of stuff, that reflected sense of self isn't there as much. You start seeing all the negative traits of your partner and the negative traits of yourself. And rather than working through them, that takes a toll. And then you want your partner to continue to validate you, even if you don't deserve it, right? <laughs> and then if you have a partner that's constantly wanting that validation and comes off very needy and desperate, mm -hmm. not attractive. And yeah, you're right. It totally sure. drives a wedge in between them. For sure. So how do we get, okay, so how does your past, how do you get it so that your past doesn't define you? You, our past is our past. And it's the way that we think about our past that really defines us today. So we have to look at what is in our past that we can pull that's good and what do we can want to continue to work on and change. And really it's 
it's really about, and this is really at the heart of the work that I do with women, is really understanding themselves as they are now, how they think about themselves, what they believe about themselves, and really, is that what they want? And how can we work towards moving it to what they really do want and showing up very intentionally in their own life rather than just being on autopilot and blowing with the wind of whatever their husband says or whatever happens with their kids, but really tapping into who they are as an individual. Because I think a lot of us, you know, if you think back to, again, those teenage years, you have goals for yourself, right? You know, like I'm yeah. going to graduate high school, I'm going to, uh, you know, go to college, graduate from college, you know, get married, we'll buy a house and we'll have some kids. And then what? Like, we really don't think about who we want to be, who we are beyond that when we're growing up, right? And mm-hmm. so, and then we get there and we're like, who are, who am yeah. I? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and like men are the same way, but they do have, most of the time men have their careers that help define them, but there's still parts of them too that need that as well. But, and, and women who have careers, maybe that's a little bit more defined for them. They have goals, but if you're stay at home mom, if you've just been raising kids and you lose yourself in that, then you're like, who am I beyond a mom? Who am I beyond the housekeeper, the chauffeur, the maid, right? Mm-hmm. The the person who's supposed to have sex with her husband to keep him happy. And really, but really tapping into who you want to be as a person and what's true and authentic to you, what's right for you in all areas of your life. Well, and what more, I mean, what can be more of an amazing role than a mother, you know, raising kids and doing all those things. I mean, that's far more difficult than... I think what men have to do oftentimes, but. Well, absolutely. But so many times we pigeonhole ourselves into that role. And yes, being a mother is amazing. But as women, we are so much more than that. And we really have to figure out who that is. Now, some women find complete fulfillment in motherhood. Many do not. And then they kick themselves (laughs) for not getting that fulfillment in motherhood. And all of this plays into how they feel about themselves, which ends up playing out in their physical and intimate relationships. Yeah. That is so true. So you're talking, let's, so you've got this mom that's been mothering for year after year. She doesn't really know who her identity is. What is your advice to someone that's just like, what do I do? My kids are getting older now. How do I find who I am? Play. Play. <laughs> Play. Yes. And really, I mean, it's an experimentation. It's what are your desires? What do you want? Like really thinking about them. If um, if money weren't an object or if time weren't an object, if you didn't have things tying you, certain obligations, right? What would you do? What do you want to do? Where does your heart go? Where does your mind go? And really tapping into that and then how can I make some of these things a reality given money, time, Mm -hmm. you know, all that obligations, that kind of stuff, but really tapping into your desires. Because I really feel like your desires are at the heart of who you are and who you were created to be. So really tapping into that in all areas of your life. And then you're able to tap into that in the intimate areas of your life as well. Well, I think you bring up a great point. You know, part of finding out who you are is you know, learning, I don't want to say being, being selfish, but sometimes 
we're so unselfish that we don't allow ourselves to get into hobbies or, or explore what we really want or interested in other areas. And I think you hit a great point. I think when to truly find ourselves, we have to, you know, we have to love ourselves and be able to do things for ourselves and, and have friends and do hobbies and different things that we enjoy. And through those things, we actually can learn to love ourselves more and find out who we really are. And I think you bring up a really key word here and that, as many women have that word in the back of their head, is that if I do things for myself, it's selfish. But let's really like talk about that because I think selfish is when you mindlessly do whatever you want for yourself in no regard for anyone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. That's what's selfish. But when you're like, I really need to take care of me, so then I have more to give everybody else, that is not selfish. Absolutely. Totally agree. Couldn't agree more. Well, I have a personal experience with that because I was the one that was, I'm just going to be a mom. I had four kids. I was in that stage of life and I just gave them everything of my life. Like, and then at year 15, when my youngest was like two, I opened up my graphic design business and I was working every ounce of the day that I wasn't being a full-time mom. So I had two mm-hmm. full-time jobs, you know, and I'm like, I don't have yes. any time for myself. I don't do anything for myself. I don't go anywhere. I hardly hang out with friends because I'm working so hard and I'm not really getting much exercise besides chasing kids, you know? And so <laughs> yeah. I got to a point where like, I'm kind of going insane inside. So I took a pickleball and yeah. I went and got my nails done. And now once in a while I'll be like, bye family. I'm going out to dinner with my friends or whatever it is. Like I need this for me. And I got to a point where I'm like, this makes me healthier and happy. I'm a better mother for doing those things. So it's not selfish at all. I'm taking care of myself and my mental state of mind so that I can be better for my spouse and for my children. And I think that's, I, it's sad that I had to get to a point where I was kind of miserable to realize I'm still important too in this family. But once we get there, like, and then everything else improves, including our intimacy, the romance, Every, yep. every aspect. It's such an amazing feeling when you find some balance in your life. And, and as a husband, I totally support that. I mean, I tell Amy all the time, go, mm-hmm. go out to lunch, go do this, go do this. Cause I, I know that's important to her and I know yeah. that makes her happier. And, and obviously that, like Amy said, that improves our relationship. And I think, you know, many men or most men would probably agree as well that they would totally support their spouse and in, in what they want to do and doing those things as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. But it's also really, if the um, wife isn't doing that for herself, I would encourage husbands to create that space for her to do that. Mm-hmm. Say, you know, hey, I noticed it's been a while. Why don't I, you know, do plan something fun with the kids this night and you go out with some girlfriends or whatever it is, but really helping her create that space. That is one of the key ingredients in a woman, a woman being able to become intimate is having that space where she it taps back into herself sure. when she's constantly in caretaker mode, taking care of kids. And then she feels like she has to take care of her husband. Mm-hmm. Sex isn't, good for her so So, and so many women won't take that space for themselves they don't feel like they can so if she's not I say husbands you create that space for her I'm going to clean up dinner I'm going to get the kids to bed you go take a bath you go do you know go for a run whatever go take a yoga class whatever it Mm -hmm. is you need you go spend some time for you 
I've, I'll totally take care of things here. And then that's going to translate to a better intimate relationship for sure. Well, and then the wife comes home feeling, I don't know, just better in whatever way, whatever they did for themselves, more beautiful, whatever it is, like, absolutely change everything. Absolutely. Well, I think too, you know, women, I think sometimes they feel like they have a lot of pressure to look a certain way or, or, you know, what have you. But as, as husbands, like I love my wife to death. Like those things are so much less important, um, than I think maybe sometimes women think they are like, you know, I, I just love her to death. And those things are, those things are, I guess, down the line compared to so many other things. And I think it goes both ways too. I think husband wives feel about their husbands the same way because there's plenty of men that have body issues too or whatever kind of whatever kind yes. of anxieties they're having. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like we love our spouse and we just want them to be happy whatever that is. And like I've I've done research and polls talking to men about what do you find sexy? Right. And mm-hmm. not one of them has ever said a certain size, a certain yeah. weight, uh-huh. certain breast size or anything like that. What's sexy is a confident wife, whatever yeah. that looks like. Agreed. That's what that's what men really want. It's they want a wife that loves themselves. Yeah. That's what it really so comes true. down to. So and we, and women the same way. We want a husband who loves himself, too. For sure. No, confidence is very attractive. How, how do we how do we get to that point when. There's so many outside influences in this world telling us opposite. Like, how do we, how do we really find that internal love for ourselves if we're struggling? Yeah. So we have to put away those outside influences. I mean, what is attractive and sexy has completely changed over the course of time. Like Mm -hmm. there is, um, like, you know, back in the Renaissance area, like the bigger the woman, the more attractive she was. Yeah. Because that was, you know, she was fertile. She was rich. She, you know, had plenty to eat. She could, you know, there's all that. Now it's, you know, you have the Victoria's Secret model that without an ounce of fat on her. But what's normal? Like what's good? What's right? Just tapping into what is good and right for you. When do you feel your best? And really looking at like, how am I talking to myself? Mm-hmm. What is that inner dialogue? Is it true? Is it helpful? Is it kind? What do I want it to be? And really catching yourself and practicing a new and better dialogue. And that doesn't mean like you go from like, I hate my body to I love my body overnight. Like your brain won't do that. It has to go like, I hate from, I hate my body because that's not a good one. That's not true, helpful or kind, right? I mean, it might be true for a little bit, but let's move to like, I have a body. I'm really grateful for the body that has done so many things, that's born these children, that is able to walk, that's, a, you know, like, look at what your body can do rather than just trying to jump to, I love my body, because that's never, never going to work. Okay, sure. like, well, I I have really pretty eyes, or, you know, I have really nice calves, like, whatever it is, like, Find the things that you do like to focus on and work on changing your thought processes about yourself. And then, you know, it'll, it'll get better and better. So for many, many years, I used to beat the crap out of myself. That inner dialogue was so, so negative. My weight was constantly going up and down depending on what was happening. Like I thought I had to be, once I started practicing this self-love, I just made a decision that I was never, ever going to allow myself to talk like that again. And anymore. Does that mean that my brain doesn't still try? 
absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> like it tells me all the time. And I'm like, nope, we're not doing that anymore. We are, we do not talk like that to ourselves anymore. This is what we, this is how we, what we tell ourselves. I love my body the way it is. I'm so grateful for the things that it does for me. I'll see myself in a picture. Like my brain immediately starts to go negative. I'm like, nope, stop. Mm. Remember, we don't do that anymore. And turn it the other direction. And once I started doing that, things really began to change. And I actually like want to take care of my body. I want to fuel it well. I want to exercise because I love myself. Like you're never going to hate yourself into what you want it to be. It well, just doesn't work that way. Sure. I think for most couples, unless the husband has a, a big porn problem or something, like for most couples, um, I think I think like we said, they they love who their spouse is. Like um, we chose yeah. to marry our spouse. Yeah, the perfect body is their spouse. Like you, you you know you see you see couples of all different sizes and shapes and yes. everything that have phenomenal sex lives and intimacy and love each other more than anything in the world, and so. It, you know, it's that connection between each other. And it really doesn't, like I said, it really doesn't matter unless you're into porn or something. I think most husbands would say their wife's the most beautiful person in the world. And, uh, yeah. Well, and I'm raising three daughters now that are about to, one's in the teenage years and the other right behind. And they're starting to pick at things, you know, and I'm yeah. just constantly saying like, remember, like as a mom, like when they start complaining about something about themselves, it breaks my heart. So I'm always telling yeah. them, I'm like, that breaks God, God's heart when you complain about stuff because he made you exactly how you are. And sometimes we need that little wake-up call, like, maybe I should stop complaining about, about me. He made me who I am, and he made me unique for a reason. And we just absolutely we just need that reminder, like, on our mirrors and everywhere, you know? <laughs> well, and a lot of times we think, well, I can't say nice things about myself because that's just being arrogant whatever yeah. well you didn't like you said you didn't make you yeah so when you're kind to yourself then you know you're not bragging because you didn't make you yeah it's all about heavenly father yeah. and yeah. he's the one that created you we're just we're just giving him touts for what's happening <laughs> for sure for sure so let's jump into um just intimacy emotionally and physical like when this becomes a big deal in marriage the first thing that happens is a woman or a man shuts down and the spouse is like, well, I'm complimenting you. I'm trying to make you feel really good about yourself. Like, why, why can't you believe me? And then everything else starts to get out of balance and can get worse and worse. Yeah. How does absolutely it, it starts with emotional intimacy and then it leads to physical intimacy. And when you're not getting physical intimacy, a lot of time, I think the men shut down and don't yep. give the emotional and vice yep. versa, like it's just, you know, that big picture. So a it's a vicious cycle. Yeah. <laughs> it's a vicious cycle. So let's just talk about, um, we talked about growing our self-confidence so we can be a better spouse, but how does it affect physical intimacy and how, what do we do about that? Yeah. So there's different ways that it affects it. Um, I think the biggest thing is we don't show up authentically as us. And so we kind of tend to become when we're when we're preoccupied with our imperfections you know then we become an observer of our 
sexual experience rather than an active participant. Um, we start being preoccupied, worrying about what our spouse is thinking about us, making sure, you know, our body is positioned exactly correctly. We're sucking mm -hmm. in our tummies. We're, you know, whatever. And, or like, we're not willing to have the lights on. So yeah. we just are really not willing to be open and vulnerable and really create that intimate experience because intimacy is being fully known mm -hmm. and knowing fully. Right. Mm -hmm. And so if we are so preoccupied with all that, we're not present in in the moment and we are not creating a truly intimate experience. So really I love starting with couples um, and women that are doing this into let's first remove all the breaks. Let's figure out, you know, what the breaks are. And like, if, if you are too preoccupied with dishes in the sink, go do them before you and your mm -hmm. husband get intimate. Right. Or if you, if you know, that's thing like, Hey, if you want to have sex tonight, I would really love it if the dishes were done. Right. Yeah. I don't want transactional sex. Like, you know, if you do the dishes, you get sex in return, but like, Hey, I know this is one of my breaks. So it'd be really helpful for me if that was taken off. Then do um, what I call a thought download. Like before it all happens, get out everything that's going on in your brain, all that negativity or all of your to-do lists or whatever it is, and just really get it out on paper so that when you're in that moment with your spouse, you can focus on the moment. And then in the moment, I really like to do a grounding practice. If you find your mind wandering, go into a grounding practice where you go through your five senses. What am I seeing? What am I hearing? What am I tasting? What am I smelling? What am I feeling? Now, don't go to the outside things like, oh, that wall really needs to be painted. There's dust on the ceiling fan. Oh, I can hear the kids, whatever. It's really tuning into what is right there and what is right in front of you. You know, I am seeing my partner's eyes and their face. I am tasting this, the salt on their lips. I'm smelling the perfume or the candle that we have burning. I'm listening to the music, the rustle of the sheets. I'm feeling the skin on the skin or my skin on the sheets, whatever, really staying in that moment, focusing on your partner and the sensations that are right there, instead of letting your mind wander to all these things. Now it'll wander. It's fine. But if you start worrying about what's going on with your body and what's happening, just bring it right back to what's actually happening with your five senses. I love that. I do too. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, if a woman thinks that her spouse finds her attractive, her sexual functioning will be higher. However, if she believes, regardless of the truth, that others view her body in a negative light, her desire will be disrupted as well as her ability to become aroused. And uh, that's talking about women, but I think men are easily aroused. So that may be that portion. But I like the thing <laughs> with the brain and the mentality, like it's easy for us to just be like, our thoughts go somewhere else. We shut down or we're worried about something yeah. like so important to just really focus on the things beforehand and during so you can really just create that amazing intimacy. Absolutely. I love Absolutely. It. And really just focusing on that self-love and what you need to do for yourself to get yourself there. So good. Um, what piece of advice would you like to end with? that you could give someone that's just either husband or wife that's just struggling, just struggling with yeah. it. Yeah. How, how, what can they do yeah. or where can they go to, to maybe change the way they're feeling about themselves? And, and for, and my first piece would be shut off the stuff in your life that is making you feel a certain way. Quit getting on social media, quit yeah, watching absolutely. certain things, quit 
comparing yourself. Comparing yourself. Try to put yourself in situations where you're uplifted. Um, Try to listen to your husband more and actually believe the things that he's saying to you. Well, you know, bring it really quick before you answer that. That's one of the things we've done in our life. You know, we we found that social media was, you know, oh, so-and-so's going here or, oh, they look, you know, (laughs) we're we're comparing ourselves and saying, why are are our lives not that good or why do I not look that good or, you know, whatever. And I think, you know, comparing ourselves is one of the worst things we can do. So we, so we kind of took that out of our life and Mm -hmm. it's been amazing how when we don't have to deal with other people's stuff, we can focus more on, on each other. Absolutely. I think so much of our intimate relationship depends on our own personal development. I think marriage I mean, that's one of the reasons why God created marriage is because it pressures development Mm -hmm. in both people. And if you're not willing to do that, then that's when marriages really fall apart, right? But as long as both people are willing to take a look at what is not working in the relationship and as not a way to blame themselves or blame their partner, but like, how can we grow? How can we become better? Who can I be? How can I show up better in my marriage? Really pressures your own development, being willing to look at that. So I think the first thing is really start to become aware of what is going on in your brain, the thought processes, what's getting in the way and being willing to look at yourself, not as a way to beat yourself up and criticize, but just becoming aware so that you can give yourself compassion and grace because we're all human and this is what we all do. But okay, now I know these things about myself Now, what do I want to do about it? And really work towards that self-development. So the process that I go through with clients is that first we work on self-development. We work on having a better relationship with yourself. yourself. That is the key foundational piece for anything that has to do with sex and intimacy. Then we work on the relationship, working on building good relationship skills. Once you have a better sense of self, then in that relationship, can you hold on to yourself even in conflict? Mm -hmm. Can you hold on to who you are as an individual and what you want and still hold space and feel close to your partner, even in the midst of that? And then we work on the sex. Because once you have a good sense of self and a good relationship, the sex... That's good sex is inevitable at that yeah. point. Yes. Yep. Love it. So that's the heart of what I do with every single client is that three-step process. I love it. Uh, and there's nothing better than ultimate intimacy. No, there's not. Like there's not. good intimacy, no. you know, physically mm-hmm. and emotionally. Yeah. Absolutely. Where Absolutely. can anybody that's struggling in this area find you or come to you for coaching or help? Yeah, so you can go to my website, amandalouder.com. There you can click on the work with me tab and see the different courses and group coaching that I offer. As And on the homepage, you can sign up for a free consultation with me where we can talk about what might be a good fit for you and give you a little bit of coaching in there so you can make some shifts right away. Then you can also follow me on social media at Amanda Louder Coaching. And of course, my own podcast, which is called Sex for Saints. And your podcast, and it's awesome. So thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Your words are beautiful. Thank you so much for having me, guys. And of course, don't forget to download the number one marriage and intimacy app, Ultimate Intimacy, to help you find ultimate intimacy in your marriage. 
The Ultimate Intimacy app can be found in Google Play and the App Store. Download for free today.